Stephen C. Productions. So one of my jokes is, I'm going to talk about a touchy subject, literally, domestic violence. Typically, it's not funny, but have you ever been beat up by a little person? I have. You're listening to Talking From Experience. If you're an experienced listener, welcome back. And if you didn't know, you're about to learn. My name is Steven, and I am your host. Today, I'll be talking with an up-and-coming stand-up comic named Danielle Boer. She is really funny, super cool, and her laugh is contagious. I dare you to listen to this one without laughing. Check it out. I hope that I'm funny enough for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start doing uh, stand-up? So actually in March, I believe, or was it April? I think April. So I actually took classes at the Laugh Lab, which is Lace Larrabee's school that she has. And she actually was on America's Got Talent and she went to the semifinals. So she did really well. But she has classes uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, where I am. And um, I did those and it taught me a lot, helped me with like stage presence and she teaches you like what the phrases mean and uh how to hold a mic like all that basic stuff yeah that's really cool um i always try to pay attention you know how people present their jokes and stuff like that so i mean if you took classes that was really good because i mean I, I couldn't have told you apart from somebody you know from some of the big weeks oh that's so sweet thank you so much i appreciate that i don't feel the same but <laughs> i can definitely tell the difference <laughs> I've considered doing it myself, but I'm like, I don't know. Um, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it's not bad. Actually, um, what area do you live in? I live in Houston. Okay. So if you're serious about it, there's so many open mics everywhere. And that's a huge area. So what you do, like they helped us with like our tight five, but what you can do is like everything, like the funniest stories you have in your life or anything that somebody has done funny and has told you, you can write them down and like just tweak it a little bit. And um, and then anybody can do it. Like go to open mics. Some open mics, you only get like two or three minutes. Some you get five minutes. And you can, once you get enough material, you can like flip them and switch them and do whatever set you want. But there's always calendars. So if you're serious about it and you want to do it or even try it, people would literally have killed on their first time. They do amazing. So go into like in our area, which is the Atlanta area. It's a big comedy scene here. But there's a Google calendar and it just says like literally like Atlanta open mics like in a Google calendar. So look that up in your area. Um and I bet you there's something like that because, or like there's Discord, uh, if you heard of Discord, like the app, like they have like different open mics and stuff and just check it out or even go watch some and then see how you like it or if you feel comfortable or whatever. Cause you know, that's the hard part. That's the best part about taking the classes is that you got used to standing on stage in front of people. That's what I needed. Cause you, you think you would be comfortable, but it's like, no, you want to, uh, can I cuss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, I really finally got up the nerves to get diagnosed with anxiety and ADHD by Dr. TikTok. And I'm, I'm really grateful because everything makes me anxious. Like right now, uh, I want to throw up, shit my pants and pass out. 
So that's like uh, one of my jokes, but it's true. Uh, that's how I really feel. So, <laughs> so yeah, but it you get through it and it's like really rewarding. It's like such a cool feeling that like if somebody you're making people happy or smile or laugh from something you're saying, that's really cool. Yeah, you're uh, you're giving me the push because I mean, I, like I said, I do enjoy stand up, and I'm a I'm also I, I guess I would say a little bit of a stand up nerd. So I, I see you know the rule of three and all that going on. <laughs> yes, you should definitely absolutely do it, and that's the thing. Study like people that you like or that you find funny. Study what they do and study their transitions, um, and especially in a lot of the specials that are very long. Is like I started pointing it out to my boyfriend. I'll be like, oh, he's transitioning. And it's so cool. It'll be like about like they could be talking about food and then they want to talk about family. So it'll be like, oh, yeah, my cousin always made that. And then I'll be like, yeah, and family, when we go on a trip, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they transition like that and it just flows very smoothly. And some comedians literally don't even write anything. They just do crowd work. And that works for a lot of people. So if you felt comfortable doing that, like every set, they would ask the same questions to a different crowd and then they respond off of that and they go back and forth. And that takes a lot of comfortability and like a lot of experience to be to be able to just like go bounce, bing, bing, bing like that. And it's fun and it's funny and it it's really cool. But I have not gotten to that point yet. <laughs> Where I'm like, I'm not comfortable doing that yet. <laughs> yeah, I think as far as uh, being on stage, I feel like I'd be pretty comfortable. I'm a musician, so I've performed. <laughs> I think the, uh, the only thing holding me back is cancel culture. <laughs> I feel like I don't know that I'm too politically correct. You'll be all right. So it just depends. You know, it's just everything situational, which is something I learned the hard way. I already knew that. But I did a long set. Ugh with i did not change my material because i was new and i didn't have another 15 minutes of material and their culture did not think uh, what i was saying was funny so if i was more comfortable i would have been able to switch it up and i would have asked like the birthday girl like what does she do and then i could have went off of that because she was going into the medical field and i'm in the medical field so i could have played it off of that but I let my emotions bother me because I already waited. Literally, they pushed back my set like three hours and I sat there and did nothing for three hours waiting. But I should have been able to switch it up. But like I said, I was so new. I didn't have another extra 15 that would make sense. So you got to know the crowd. So for instance, if I go to a place where my kids are, are mixed, okay? So if I go to a place where I'm the only white person, then I do material about my Baltimore days and stuff like that. Uh, or my baby daddy. Okay. <laughs> I got, I got a few uh, baby daddies. Okay. So I do that kind of stuff, but I learned other people don't think baby daddy stuff is very funny. They're like, Oh boy, you're a whore. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they don't find that cute. Okay. They're like, no ma'am, get away. So, you know, you just have to know the crowd. So like if you, Say, for instance, if I go to a church thing and do jokes and I'm talking about all those things, yeah, that's canceled. Right. They're going to be like, back up, go away. We don't want you no more. But if you go to a fun bar in, in Houston or whatever, you should be fine. Unless you're just saying like really racist or belligerent stuff, then nobody, then that's not acceptable anywhere. Right. 
So it just depends. I mean, everywhere you go, like say, okay, Houston, there's a lot of cowboy stuff or whatever. I don't know. Not like the <laughs> Cowboys team, but I'm saying like, you know, like rodeo, like cowboy stuff. You could do a whole set about that. I don't care what place you went to. They probably laugh because it's uh, relatable to them. Right. So you can do it, especially if you're a musician. Now, speaking and playing is two different things I've heard. I um, I actually interviewed a rapper that now does comedy. And he said, um, yeah, so it's he said it's a total different world. You are, like you said, you know how to be on stage. You feel comfortable on stage. I think you would do great at it. You should try it. Yeah, definitely. There's a really good uh, venue here. It's actually not too far from where I live. And I've been wanting to check it out. It's called The Secret Group. And I think they're having um, a festival here called Come and Take It. I think this year they're having Mark Normand on there. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. And see, honestly, the more open mics you do or the more you're getting around, then you start getting booked stuff. So then people will be like, oh, I want you in my show or I liked this joke. And then sometimes, though, they're specific on what they want you to do. Because, like, say, for instance, I don't know, you do a bit about dogs or something. I don't know. Just make it up. So then um, and that's what the person saw you do. Then sometimes they want you to do that exact set. but. For the most part, if somebody likes you and they they really like you as the energy, like the brand is you, right? So when you're doing comedy, like unless you just make up everything you say, that's your story most of the time, right? So you're going to incorporate your real life, your real experiences. So that's what they want. They want you. They want your energy. They want your like your or whatever you are. That's what they want, right? So that that would be so cool. Just try a couple or like like I said. There's one here that I love that's at a hookah lounge and it's such a chill environment. Like they have a gaming, they really, it's a gaming place with a hookah lounge. How cool is that? Well, yeah. So, so like everybody's like, it's just like so fun and it's not like nerve wracking. It's the one I'm the least nervous at because, you know, it's mostly the same people all the time and everybody's like kind of young and it's just fun. And like, you just go out there and, and say whatever Say whatever you want. I mean, of course, like you said, cancel culture, but you don't want to say anything like too overly offensive because that's not funny. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, that's just mean. Like, mean is not that funny. Some people find it funny, but <laughs> but others, you know. So just watch, like, and like you, since you watch so much comedy, I mean, look at Dave Chappelle. He says whatever the world he wants. Anything he wants, he's going to say it, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I like to think they, they, they've already, you know, they've earned it. So there's some yeah. people that are just uh, uncancelable. Right. Well, yeah. So people try, but it's really hard. <laughs> they try to. Yeah. Him and uh, oh, who else did they try to? Just a few people they've tried because like, like, oh, Cat Williams. Um, But like they literally say whatever. Now, I wouldn't be that comfortable to get to that point. But like you said, they earn it. I mean. They've been in the game so long and um, they're so good at what they do. And, you know, I mean, comedy is, oh, it's, it is difficult to an extent. Now, I say it's pretty difficult uh, just because like everybody likes a different thing. Okay. 
So I had people that I work with that went to go see Tim Allen and they liked Tim Allen, but they said he wasn't even that funny. His opener was funnier because they like when people make fun of people. But that's not my cup of tea. So I probably would have thought he was funny. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a different taste, just like in food, music, whatever. So who are the comics that you model yourself after or the people that, you know, encouraged you to get up on stage? So to be honest, the the person that encouraged me and kind of pushed me the most is definitely not a comic, but it's my boyfriend. I was always scared. And he's like, you always wanted to do this. Try it. And uh, just like with, um, I did some background acting and stuff, and now I'm writing a sitcom pilot and different things. But like, he really pushed me. He's very supportive and he knows how bad I want it. And he's like, go try it. And so, so I did. But I mean, I love, um, my teacher, Lace Larrabee. She's hilarious. Um, Melissa McCarthy. I love Melissa McCarthy. Um, so I love Joe Coy. Do you know who Joe Coy is? Definitely, yeah. Oh, love Joe Coy. <laughs> um, and there's another comedian around here, actually, that was um, on the Tonight Show at the same time as Joe Coy and had um, dinner with him, which is so stinking cool. Uh, her name's Catherine Blanford. She is hilarious, too. There's so many um, people, and they're not just females. I love male comedians. Um, but there's so many that I have always like looked up to like they make it look so easy. Like the physical comedians are my favorite. So that's what I love about Melissa McCarthy. Cause she will fall for no reason. Like she, if it's funny, she will just fall. Like she'll do anything yeah. to make, you know, make the laugh happen. So, but there's so many that I'm on the spot. Um, and I can't, I can't think, I'm sorry, but, um, let's see. Of course I said, okay, I love Kevin Hart. Um, and uh, there's just so many that I love that I can't even, you know, Eddie Murphy, like all of them, like back in the day, um, have always really made me want to do it. But like Joe Coy. Yeah, he's he's like. To me, he's like wholesome, but hilarious, like he's not offensive. He really doesn't make fun of people other than his family. <laughs> and that's kind of what I do. Like I talk about my own life, make fun of myself and my family. Yeah, like uh, that, that's exactly what came to mind uh, when you said when you brought up Joe Coy. It's like, oh yeah, he he just talks a lot about his family, and uh, it, it really is wholesome yet, I mean, amazingly hilarious. It is, and I think anybody can relate to that because most of us have a family. You know, unfortunately, some people are like orphans or didn't grow grew up in foster care or whatever, or had a rough situation where they were on the streets. But almost everybody has had some kind of family, and so that's super relatable. And that's the thing with comedy. Um, you know, some males I've talked to, they don't think that females are that funny because they can't relate to some of those things. And to them, I say, no, I do say stuff to them. I say it because they can talk about so many things and it's like, why is it okay for y'all to talk about stuff? You know what I'm saying? But it's ran by men. There's a lot of men. I don't know about that area. This area, a lot of places I go, there's mostly all men, just a few sprinkled females. And, and so the females have to like literally go above and beyond to catch the men's attention and to keep them engaged and to make them laugh. But 
in that aspect, I really do look up to a lot of uh, male comedians, which is funny and weird because I'm saying that, but it's true. Like the men, it's like for some reason people think, and even myself sometimes, it's more relatable to the whole, to everyone for the most part, you know, not just female stuff. So if I talk about uh, stuff pertaining to females, then men are just like, whoop, and shut you off. You know what I'm saying? They don't even give you a chance to try to make them laugh sometimes, but. Yeah, I think that just has more to do with bias. I I think, um, like I always tell people, you know, I I got into comedy when I was like in sixth and seventh grade. Like we had just got cable wow. and we got Comedy Central. And um, I, I would just watch uh, Comedy Central Presents, like just all kinds of comics. And what drew me in was the the storytelling and, and the way that even if I couldn't relate, they put me in their shoes. And I was like, I feel like I've experienced what they have. And, you know, I, I've never I've never felt like that, even about uh, female comedians. I, I listen to to what they're talking about. And even if it's something specifically that has to do with uh, with mo- mainly females can relate, I, I enjoy, you know, being able to. OK, so this is what what's going through their mind. You know, I can't relate, but, you know, I'm. I feel like I've I've been there with them. And so I think that's the beauty of comedy. You know, it's uh, you get to connect with with different perspectives. Absolutely. I agree with you. That's how with music is, too. It like transports you to the time, you know, what I'm saying like or whatever. If you listen to a song from back then, you think of those memories. That's the same thing with a comedian. It's like I'm a storyteller comedian, but some people are not. They're just like, bam, punchline, bam. Like, that's how they are. And that's awesome. And that is so hard to do. And I'm like, kudos to you. And because it's amazing. But um, but yeah, so those times can like suck you in, even with the comedians, like hopefully that's our whole purpose is to have you feel like you were there too. You know what I'm saying? So that's cool. That you're an awesome audience member, I would just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've uh I think for me, my favorite style of comedy, I, mean, I love all comedy, but um, I really enjoy uh, dry humor. So, you know, there's not really a punchline. And uh, to me, that that's that's such an amazing art form. So one of my favorite TV shows of all time is King of the Hill. Uh-huh. Because I, I love how they do not emphasize the joke. Like They just go on about like it's mundane. And I'm I'm sitting there dying, laughing, holding my side because it's like. I don't know. It's kind of like an intellectual type of comedy. You know, like it doesn't have to be emphasized what's funny about it. It's just funny. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And lots of people don't think like that now or get that. Like it's on another level. You know what I'm saying? As as far as you don't have to explain it. It's just there. Like, you know, it's just the it's just suddenly like just, you know, what I'm saying that sneak it in. That's that's fun. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah, I like uh I really enjoy the movie um, Zoolander. <laughs> Those are amazing <laughs> to me because I had somebody tell me that movie is not even funny. They're trying too hard. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like, It's so outlandishly <laughs> ridiculous that you have to laugh. Yeah. So that that's funny. Some of the stuff that I write, I'm writing in my sitcom pilot. A lot of people will find it like kind of corny, but it's funny because it's like so silly. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of it is silly, some of it is serious, some makes you think, but it's just like random stuff that you have to like listen to it again and you're like, oh, okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's funny. But yeah, 
And like I said, everybody, right, we all have different tastes. So that's cool. I, I like your taste. It's it's funny because like you're not like the typical, like a lot of people are like, you have to have me cracking up. You're like, no, I just like it to be, you know, it's just there. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm if I'm cracking up, that's a bonus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like um, what's his name? Mark Marion is one of my favorites because he'll sit there and and just <laughs> he won't even emphasize the funny part. He'll just tell you the story. He'll tell you what happened, and it's like his perspective is so out there. And he's I love how he presents it. He presents it as serious, and um, to me, that's the best part. Yeah, so those those people like make me nervous a lot <laughs> when people are like. <laughs> so serious but they're joking and you're like is this a joke is this wait wait <laughs> is it a joke or is it not a joke i don't know it's like you can't tell sometimes like but i find that to be so funny some of the doctors i work with are like that they crack me up they'll say something like under their breath that is absolutely hilarious but then i'm thinking is this meant to be a joke or <laughs> what are we doing here but it's really funny yeah yeah, I've uh, I've been told that my uh, my style of humor is pretty dark, and I'm like, I my I don't think it's dark, but I think um, it, it's funny when people discover that I'm joking. But some of the times I've had some, I've had people tell me like, "Oh man, do you really not like me?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, I'm comfortable <laughs> enough with you to make fun of you. Like, that's just that's just my style of comedy, you know." I always tell people, you know, if I haven't if I haven't roasted you yet then we might have an issue. <laughs> oh, see, that's the opposite of me. I am not a roaster. But yeah, a lot of people do well that are good at that. Um, but again, like you said, cancel culture, because it just de depends on what you roast, right? You don't want to roast handicapped or anything like that. Like some people have made fun of uh, like something that is like they can't help or like this one comedian. Oh my gosh. He said something about somebody's hair or they didn't have hair and she said it's called cancer and he was like oh and then like somebody changed the subject she's like thank you for taking us off the cancer talk you know what i'm saying but like <laughs> you, you gotta kind of be careful because you don't ever know what somebody if they have a disability or something you know what i'm saying if this is something serious or so but some people if they're going through something so hard and so traumatic. Sometimes they have a great sense of humor, so they would find it to be funny and not hurtful. But yeah, I think that's the beauty of a, of a good roaster is that it, it's perfectly timed, and you know people know that it's a joke. Like the the roast itself is a punchline. Like there, there's been moments where people are having serious conversations, and you know somebody says something, it can come off as rude, but if the timing is right, the cadence is just right. You know, it'll it'll relax everyone, put everyone at ease, you know, and then everyone would just bust out laughing. So to me, that's the uh, that's the art of a good uh, dark humor. You know, and if it lands properly, then, yeah, it's it's crazy. That people get in trouble when, you know, it doesn't land right. But to me, like the, the art and the, there's an the art and a beauty for when it does. Yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> Speaking of having a disability, which is funny because I'm I'm uh, I'm legally blind. So I feel like I could probably get away with some of that stuff. It's like, okay, so raise your hand if you can tell that I'm visually impaired. <laughs> that joke is for me. 
<laughs> you can't tell. Yeah, so some of the comedians that I loved on AGT um, do have disabilities. Like, well, the one guy has Tourette's, and he is hilarious. I love him. I follow him. Um, this one lady is deaf, and she's a comedian. And um, and a lot of her, oh my gosh, a lot of her jokes were about her her being deaf, and then also her dogs. She has like three deaf dogs and then she has one that's not. And she said something about like that the so-called normal dog like really uh, kind of freaks all of them out because none of them know what's going on. Like if it's a loud noise or something. And then that one will just be acting crazy. And she's like, no, calm down. You know, like everybody doesn't know. And he's trying to warn them. It's really funny. But yeah, if you have something that, like if you're legally blind, like you could make so many jokes and it would be like the dark where you just throw it in there. They're like, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I didn't see it or I couldn't tell, you know what I'm saying? Or blah, 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 like that. And then that would crack people up because it's some people get offended and it's about you, which doesn't make sense. Cause it's like, it's about me. I can say what I want now, you know, or some people would be like, my disability is the best or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I feel, I feel worse, uh, feel bad for the other ones because at least, you know what I'm saying? Like you could play like with it with that or like stuff like that. So, um, one of the guys I follow on TikTok, him and his wife, he's legally blind and he is hilarious. Like the things that he says and does is so funny. Um, he does a kick where he kicks himself in the head and he says he doesn't know what's coming. It's so funny. Like, who does that? like who kicks himself in the head? But he does it all the time. It's very fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Write a set like that. And just like, just write some the funniest things or if anybody's ever said anything to you, that's funny. Or if you literally have fallen because you couldn't, that's not very funny, but it could be funny <laughs> to you. Uh, you know, but if something happened because of um you being legally blind or something and then write it to where it's like clever and like subtle if you want and then like i bet you people will uh will laugh but that was funny so yeah it, that's the thing if we talk take our stuff and like when people talk about what race they are and then they talk about that kind of stuff i think that's funny because they're talking about their own it, you know own race not like other people's race but um or like their culture or stuff with you know like the parent how the parents are or whatever the case may be um or the food in a different ethnic uh ethnic background or whatever like that stuff i love because we can all relate or like you know anything that happened to you because you're legally blind that would be that would be funny as long as you know nothing bad happened to you or something then everybody <laughs> will go Aww. <laughs> and you don't want them to do that. People have done that to me so many times. And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be funny. Don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's, it's happened to me before, just in social settings where I'm telling a story and it's supposed to be funny. And uh, half of the room is, oh, and then the other people are like laughing. And I've had somebody explain like, no, it, it's supposed to be funny. And I'm just laughing at, <laughs> at them figuring out whether I'm joking or not. And that alone is just is so hilarious to me. <laughs> like dividing a room. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I feel like that's probably a no no in comedy or or it's gonna happen a, a lot, but like to me that that that's hilarious when two people can't agree. <laughs> <laughs>
see you would love it then. That's that's cool. Yeah, you sound like a typical comic. I do not. I'm so I'm so caring and nice and I'm like, oh, but what if and people are like, who cares? I'm like, what if I offend so and so? And they're like, who cares? I'm like, I care. I still say it sometimes, some stuff, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. But you know, I mean, that's because I'm too big. So if somebody comes and attacks me, uh, I'm too fat to run. Um, and so I either have to just like lay down and wave, wave a flag of surrender or wait till somebody rolls me off the stage. And I don't know if they would do that, uh, you know. So <laughs> I can't afford bodyguards. And uh, so, yeah, I try to be careful. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to offend nobody because if they come beat my my butt up, I can't run fast. So I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh I guess I would just tell him, hey, you don't have to tackle me. I already can't see. Just chuck something at me if you don't like what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. I'm not like, about I'm to die. I'm hard time getting up. Don't, don't knock me down, okay? <laughs> said, I'm not oh. about to dug. <laughs> this is a cane, oh. not a baseball bat. <laughs> do you really carry a cane? Like, do you? I use it when I go new places. So I can see enough, just enough to to get around if I'm familiar with the place. Or even sometimes I'll take it somewhere and I'm like, oh, I didn't even need it. But uh, especially if I'm going someplace I've never been, like, I just don't want to. You know, sometimes people suck at designing buildings and there's random stairs. <laughs> yep. I actually, um, I interviewed, but I've known her, her almost her whole life since she was like five, maybe. She actually is uh, has cerebral palsy. She's always been in a wheelchair. So she was talking about that. She's uh, standing up for the rights for the Americans with Disabilities Act. And she's trying to get more companies to follow it because it's legal. Like they have to legally follow it, but a lot of them don't. So a lot of buildings she was saying she can't even get into because they don't have ramps and all this stuff. And she can't get the doors open. She can't get in because of a wheelchair. And it's really sad. So I'm sorry that you have to go through that. And it's it's really, it's really ridiculous and not fair that all of us, don't have the same opportunities and that goes to like you know different racial you know that's different races that's different uh genders that's different whatever we don't have the same equality uh and especially with disabilities that you might not be able to and i talked about that too because when i was a waitress back in the day we used to have menus with braille on it and we used to have all this stuff in the hospital we used to have stuff with braille on it we don't have that anymore. I don't understand why. Like, why, why has it gone away? That's, I mean, I think it's crazy. Yeah, they're trying to save money, so they stop printing Braille paper so they can use that same paper to print more money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Okay, so you need to you, write that down. When you listen to this back, write it down because that was hilarious. Like, that was very funny, and it was very subtle. Like, it was funny. That was a funny joke. Yeah, it was, it's sad, but it's funny. <laughs> it yeah, I sad. think I think it's because it's sad that it, that it makes it funny. <laughs> Not to me. I, just, yeah, I guess that's the uh, that's the art. That's, it's a shame. It's it's really messed up. So, boy, I don't know. But <laughs> you could have a lot of funny materials because that that's very funny. You could like even take what I just said and and make it your own and just be like. Hey, you know, back in the 90s when I don't know how old you are, but were you born in the 90s? Or... Yeah, 95. Oh, 
Well, geez. Okay. Back <laughs> in the early 2000s, say that because you are not young enough. Uh, what do you like, you know, back in the two, <laughs> early 2000s when I was, you know, uh, starting to read or I'd go to a restaurant, they would have a Braille menu for me. But now I think they're just using the paper. You know, they're so cheap that they're using the paper, the Braille paper for to make more money or whatever the case may be. And that's funny. Um, and people will be like, dang. But it makes it makes people think, though. That's the best comedy is that it makes people think. Yeah, I think um, that's why I was so excited to have a comic on here because we can you know bounce ideas off each other. I could even go. So I'm 27, but an old person told me that back in the early 90s. <laughs> right, and I'm 40, and I'm like, what the? <laughs> that's right. Back in the day, in 1997, and you're like, that's not back in the day. Shoot, I was a, a, a junior in high school then. No, a sophomore. Oh, I was a sophomore in high school, yeah. So, you know, you know, the funny part is that my, <laughs> my boyfriend, okay, I'm 40. My boyfriend is one year younger than you. Oh, wow. True story. Yeah. So when he talks about when he was little, now I was a freshman in high school when he was a that's not right. But he's so mature and so cool. Like, he's such a good guy and he's so mature and he's so different than anybody that I've ever, you know, like my ex-husband, all everybody. So he really is like, I always say, like, he must have been born before or whatever because he's so he's so different. But, yeah, it's really funny because he talks about stuff and he's like 50s old. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> but you probably think 50s old, too, don't you? Um, actually, um, I have two young kids right now. The, the oldest one is two and a half uh-huh. and, uh, I can't wait for them to get out of the house. Cause I say, I'll, me and the wife will be in our forties when they're out of the house. <laughs> so I'm like, we, as long as we stay healthy and you know, I don't pick up any awful diseases, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll still be able to, you know, live our twenties. <laughs> yeah. See, I had kids young too. So. Um, well, younger than you, it seems, but, uh, so yeah, you're right. But I started over, so I have a nine-year-old now, so, and, um, but it's all good. She's awesome. So she's not out of the house yet, is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) We have a while to go. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, growing up Hispanic, it's weird if you want to get out of the house when you're young. I remember being, um, 18, 19, 20. And I, I had a job. I was, I had my own income and stuff like that. I was still staying with my family and I would bring it up, you know, Hey, I think I might want to move out and live on my own. Everybody immediately, what happened? Oh, who are you mad at? I'm like, nobody. I just want to be independent. I'm like, you know, I wish I had a white family. (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) no, see that stuff is funny. So write that down. Um, I sound like I'm interviewing you. I'm not, but write, <laughs> write that stuff down. Cause that is hilarious. Like, and especially cause where you live is a lot of Hispanic. There's a lot of Hispanic people there. So they might be like offended and be like, what the, no, why do you want to be white? Uh, but no, that's <laughs> funny because, um, cause that, that ensues that white people kick their kids out and let them leave <laughs> early. That is hilarious to me because I left at 17 actually. So, <laughs> but not because my parents made me. I just want to clarify that. They did not tell me. Peace out. My son left at 17. My oldest son, my second son left at 17, but he moved in with his dad. Um, 
but my oldest one moved out and he said that to me you did it and i was like hmm he's not wrong <laughs> he's absolutely right i made him no i no he, he, i made him graduate high school before he like completely uh you know but he's been on his own for years now and i'm proud of him so it's all good he's making good choices but yeah that's funny that how old were you when you actually moved out 25 okay that's not that young but yeah that's funny. what it took was knocking somebody up and marrying them for them to realize <laughs> you know what you can't live here forever <laughs> 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 they're like oh you want to be grown huh we wanted you here but now you want to just have kids and stuff get out of here that's hilarious okay that is funny see you need to do that's what i was saying because i'm just basically white so i don't have you know as many fun things as other uh races but like that's funny when you say hispanic or like stuff with food or whatever or different like beliefs that you guys have or whatever the case may be that other people may not that stuff is funny because it actually brings awareness to other people but in your area it might not because there's a lot of hispanic people but it's it's funny because then they can relate to it right so just like you said with being young they didn't want you to leave that's very funny because yeah white no offense uh, but it depends some some parents are like stay here forever uh we want you and then some are like See ya. You're 16. We're planning your <laughs> your departure at 18. We already know. Here's a free car. <laughs> yeah. Here's hint, a car. Uh, we're going to turn your room into a gym. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We'll find you a place. Put down a deposit. It's all good. But yeah, so that's funny. That's, that's the funny thing about differences in, like you said, culture or whatever the case may be, or beliefs or whatever. That's very funny or if you can like put the two together so if you can throw that you're hispanic plus you're legally blonde like that would kill that shit would kill <laughs> so much like people would be rolling like because that that's very funny those like two things that is funny or something the opposite so say you said a joke that would be the opposite of somebody that's legally blind that is funny as well because people will be like oh wait i didn't expect that you know what i'm saying but yeah <laughs> I'll write it down in my notes. It's hilarious to be blind and Mexican. No! I did not say that, everybody. Uh, no. Being Mexican is amazing. Uh, being blind is probably challenging, but also amazing because your other senses, I heard that your other senses are enhanced. That's what I heard. That's what I literally heard. I interviewed uh, Aw. He, he's uh, almost three. Oh, he just turned three. Sorry. And he's deaf. And so I interviewed his mother and he has cochlear implants. So she was talking about different things with him. But she said, even though he cannot hear without them, he's still very loud. So he can still, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. So use your uh, disability as a ability or a, uh, an, uh, I don't know, not an advantage, but you know what I'm saying? Like, unless you don't feel comfortable talking about that stuff, then you don't. But as a punchline. Oh. <laughs> yeah, see, you you would be the you'd be the other half of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But don't but I did not make fun of Mexicans or blind people, I promise. Yeah, let, let, <laughs> let the record show. <laughs> yes. Everybody, let it be known that I did not. I promise. <laughs> oh. 
No, like, no, you know, no. You know, this is the moment that'll make you go viral. <laughs> no, Daniel Boer says it's funny to be blind and Mexican. <laughs> Not what I meant, but what I meant is <laughs> you can use your, uh, you know, your life story and make it funny. Like some people don't think it's funny to be fat, but I talk about how I'm fat right now. Or some people don't think it's funny to have multiple baby daddies. Uh, but I also talk about that. And, uh, you know, it's just, there's different things that I talk about, but yeah, something I don't joke about. My brother died when he was 26 and he had OCD really, really bad. I want to write jokes about it, but it's too sensitive, even though, you know, it's not making fun of him, but I feel like that's not, not, you know, cause he's not here to defend himself. But it's not just, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, that's, right. uh, that's somewhere I won't ever go. But some of the stuff was hilarious. It's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you, there's a fine line. So I talk about a lot of stuff. So I talk about my bad relationships that I've had. So one of my jokes is I'm going to talk about a touchy subject. Literally, domestic violence. Typically, it's not funny, but have you ever been beat up by a little person? I have. And so then I tell the story about how my one baby daddy uh, beat me up and he bit me. And so, yeah, so that's people. That's one of those times where people go, ah, like that. (laughs) But um, but I make it funny. So I say, okay, I'll just say it really quick. So I'm like, it's going down for real. And then he throws me up the stairs (laughs) we roll down the stairs i hit my head on the front door my friends run out of the back door uh there's no snitching in baltimore so now i'm on my knees and we're the same height so he puts me in a chokehold like booker t and all i can think of to do is punch him in the face continuously until he chops down on my hand like the jaws of life when I pulled my hand away, I could do nothing but laugh because I saw his extra row of teeth embedded in my hand. So I yelled out, shark bait, ooh la la. And that made him more mad. So he beat me up some more. But anyway, yeah. So that's basically the joke. And then I talk about how I went to work and it was embarrassing because I had to explain it wasn't my toddler that bit me. It was a grown little man that bit me. <laughs> yeah. So I talk about that. I talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, I have all kinds of different jokes that like pertain to different things in life and different experiences. Um, my dad, like he had a job that if he told us what it was, he'd have to kill us. And uh, he really could kill us. But luckily he didn't. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, but he, yeah, he was in the military. So he was trained to do a lot of stuff. Well, like I talk about all kinds of stuff and it's, it's very fun. It's like very therapeutic, I can say. So if there's something that ever has bothered you, talk about it on stage. That's going to let it, let it go, let it go, let it go. <laughs> and it makes it fun. And then you can laugh. I think the best thing about comedy is that you can literally look back at your life, either your mistakes or things that happened to you and good or bad. And you can just like say, holy that that was hilarious or oh my gosh i can't believe i got through that right so it's like therapeutic 
That's really cool. One of my favorite bits is, uh, have you heard of Ali Sadiq? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Houston comic. He, he, he got famous for a bit called Mexican got on boots. And uh, oh. the, the, it's basically a bit about him being in a prison riot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, I, I can imagine that experiencing that and, you know, how terrifying it is. But he was able to turn it into one of the funniest bits, you know, that's that's out right now. <laughs> uh, I saw it on a on a social media before I even knew who he was. And then, it, you know, it made me look him up and. One of his uh, latest specials, you know, he talks about selling crack, <laughs> you know, all the, you know, shooting people. And I'm like, wow, like all of that sounds awful. But, you know, like you said, that's the beauty of uh, of comedy. You know, you can yep. take your experiences and figure out a way to put them together in a way that, you know, can be therapeutic to you and informative, insightful, but entertaining to, to you know, th thousands of people. Right. Yeah. Uh Absolutely. Because, it, and like you said, like it can invoke emotions. I think anything that can invoke emotions is something like amazing and can be therapeutic, like music, for instance, um, you know, comedy, a play, a show, a movie, whatever, things that can invoke emotions in you, even like laughter, sometimes sadness, sometimes empathy, whatever. It's such a good experience. And usually you leave and you're like, oh, wow, I needed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is, it just feels like a good feeling. Like it makes you feel good. So. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely going to look into the, uh, into the open mics. <laughs> you should. There's a lot. Yeah, I appreciate all the, the feedback you're giving me. <laughs> no problem. That's what I do. I love it. I don't mind. Uh. If you were in this area, I would send it to you. That's what I do when I talk to people in, in this area. I send them the calendars that we have. But, of course, that wouldn't help you in Houston. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be helpful at all. It's kind of far away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Houston's got a pretty good comedy scene, too. Yeah. I always enjoy looking at um, different open mics and stuff like that. I mean, how, how far are you planning on taking the comedy? Are you hoping it takes off and you can do it as a career? So, yes. and. No, I think comedy, yes, it has a lot of different facets. So I think that at first I was like, oh, I want to have a special and I want to do all this. But now I use comedy to write my sitcom pilot and, you know, on my podcast and, and other things that I do. And I'm going to start doing public speaking soon. So um, I use it in my everyday life as well with my patients. If they're going through something, I try to make them laugh and everything. So I do want it to be in my career, but maybe not so much as just stand up uh, to where like that's what I was heading out at, at first when I wasn't doing all these other things. So now that I'm like doing the um, writing the sitcom and stuff, I want that to take off. And then, of course, that's comedy, you know, just like the sketch writers and all that stuff. Like, you know, I want to do that. So different facets of comedy. I definitely include in everything in my in my life i try to and uh like i said it's therapeutic for me and other people and hopefully you can help them in different ways and so that's that's my whole purpose in life i believe is to help others and to spread joy and positivity so that's what i try to do what's the premise of the sitcom <laughs> so it's called so i'm laughing because uh um my whole life i've said i've been a mom since 18 and I've always said drama for the mama. And when I was a restaurant manager, 
drama for the mama and I'm the mama. Uh, when I was whatever, I'm like drama for the mama. So that's what it's called. Um, and, and actually that's so funny because my script is writ- like right in front of me, uh, in a tab. So, <laughs> and I can see it there. So yeah, it's just basically is a, um, a 40 year old that's trying to raise her younger child better than she did her older one when she was a teen mom. And so her mother that was estranged from her when she was young ends up like calling her out of the blue and wants to move in with her. She doesn't really know her kid, the grandkids or anything. And so it's basically about that. There's every sitcom. I mean, every episode is going to be drama for the mama. Sometimes the older mama, which is the the great grandma, because there's also a grandchild involved. So her oldest um kid has a grandkid and they moved in so it's their, her old son um 20 something year old son his daughter and then her teenage daughter and then now the grandma and th- the best part is that she has a senile cat that uh has a uh, feline dementia and so <laughs> that character is hilarious because she wears clothes and everything that matches her mom so it's a it, that cat's going to do some crazy stuff which I don't know how that's going to work in real life, but we're going to make it work. <laughs> so that's the part that's exciting. The cat's name is Mrs. Cat Benatar. And so she is, is she's fun. So that's, that's the fun thing. There's uh, the innocent is the little six year old granddaughter of my character, which is Taylor. And she says like very silly stuff and um, very cute stuff. But then the older, the son says a lot of like stuff and he's more like a player and like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many different things. And eventually I'm going to work in that in the show, her boyfriend's going to be a lot younger, just like mine is in real life. And that's going to add a lot of drama. So um, it's going to be fun. And there's a lot of fun things, a lot of wholesome things. And because in the show, my family's biracial, like in real life, there's going to be some really good lessons also uh, just like on, Family Matters or Cosby Show or like stuff like that where they incorporate real life issues that people are going through, um, you know, of color or whatever, um, different things. And then uh, Joe Coy inspired me. I really want a uh, Filipino neighbor or something. <laughs> I would love that. That would be so fun. So, so just stuff like that. Just, just basically about a family and just about a mom that has very like she's very um positive and her son is very negative her mom is very bougie and that's not how she is she's just and her daughter is very like eccentric and like free and like oh you know what i'm saying so they're all way different than each other and that's what makes it funny because it all clashes together but basically it yeah well that sounds really cool thank you were you planning on uh releasing so i have to <laughs> i i just started changing a little bit of it yesterday because i wanted to atlanta of course also is another big film industry area area so i wanted to film it myself but i changed act two to be in a store so i was like how am i going to shoot in a store unless i go get permission from somewhere and then shoot it when they're not open so that's going to be hard if i was doing the other the other version i wrote of it is basically just in the house then I can film it whenever because I have a lot of studios that, you know, I could shoot them at. But so that's what is going to make it hard is to actually get permission 
from a a store to like go in there and shoot and not get anybody in, you know what I'm saying? Like not get the names in there and that kind of stuff. So that's going to be challenging, but hopefully as soon as I do that, I want to do it by the end of this year and then pitch it like in January and see, I have a PR person now uh, for my speaking events and different things. So hopefully she can help me with that as well. So we'll see. Oh uh, yeah. That sounds really cool. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. well, Danielle, it was amazing talking to you. Thank you for the laughs. <laughs> I mm -hmm. appreciate it. Uh, I hope my audience enjoys it too. And um, where can they find you? So I am on Instagram is Danielle Boer 82. And um, my podcast one is Authentic Points of View podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And my personal one on Facebook is Danielle Boer. And then I have a YouTube that barely has anything on it. <laughs> it's Danielle Boer Comedy, I think, maybe. And then I have an authentic point of view um, one as well. I'm starting to put my episodes on YouTube. And then I have like a Twitter and stuff like that. But basically everything is either Danielle Boer or authentic points of view. And that's how you can find me and check it out. I, I try to do um, fun and I'm going to start doing more sketches. Sketches? Really? That's... Uh, Skits and sketches together. <laughs> <laughs> sketches, I like it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to change it up. And, uh, but yeah, whatever, which one you want to say, skits or sketches, I'm going to start doing uh, more of those. And so that'll be fun. And that, you know, but thank you so much for having me too. I really appreciate it. And I hope that your audience uh, enjoys this as well. Yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> What did I tell you? This was a really fun episode. I had a great time talking to Danielle, and I can't wait to have her back. Check out her podcast, her YouTube channel, and follow her on Instagram. Links to all of that will be in the episode description. Like always, please rate and review this podcast on whatever podcast player you're listening to, and reach out to let me know what you think about this episode. Links to connect with me are also in the description. Thank you so much for your support. Also, I'm thinking of incorporating a theme song or theme music into the show. So I'm accepting submissions. If you're into making music or anything like that, you want to try making your first beat, feel free to create anything that you believe encapsulate the essence of this podcast. Once again, I appreciate the support and I'm looking forward to what you guys create. We'll talk next time. Bye-bye.